Iran is holding elections this Friday, the 1st of March, for its national parliament and the Assembly of Experts, which appoints the Supreme Leader. The last parliamentary elections in 2020 had the lowest turnout since the 1979 Islamic Revolution. The last presidential election was in 2021, so with four-year terms, this will be the first national election since 22-year-old Kurdish woman Masa Amini died in police custody on the 16th of September 2022. Her death, of course, sparked mass protests and a brutal crackdown. Elections in Iran's theocracy are not free and all candidates are vetted by the Guardian Council. In 2020, it disqualified more than 9,000 of the 16,000 registered candidates. To preview Iran's next big election, we're joined now by Dr. Siavush Ranjbar Daimi from the University of St Andrews. He's written a history of Iran's presidency and researches the state in contemporary Iran. Siavush, welcome to Sunday Extra. Thank you very much, uh, and hello. It's great to be speaking with you. Uh, is this election for the Assembly of Experts more critical because of Supreme Leader Al-Hamani's age? He's 84 now, and the state of his health? Yes, um, that's one way of reading it. The Assembly of Experts is in session for eight years. So uh, the session, which will be inaugurated by these elections, will finish when he's well past uh, 90 years of age. It is worth noting that his uh, predecessor, Ayatollah Khomeini, passed away when he was aged uh, more or less 89. So uh, we could expect the next session to be um, a, a very crucial one and uh, the Assembly of Experts to finally have uh, an important, meaningful session for the first time pretty much since uh, June of 1989 when it selected uh, uh, Khamenei as the successor. Yes, it's a job for life, so I suppose they don't uh, have to choose a supreme leader that yeah. often, but it seems like there is one in the offing now. Let, let's talk about the parliamentary elections. I mentioned that disqualification rate uh, before the 2020 elections, and before this election, former President Hassan Rouhani has been barred from running for the Assembly of Experts yeah. after 24 years as a member. So who is running in these elections? What's the disqualification rate like this time? Well, the disqualification rate uh, is important to, I think, uh, observe from a qualitative point of view. Mm -hmm. According to uh, senior reformists, uh, the, the faction that uh, sort of is connected to the former presidents, uh, Mohammed Khatami in particular, but also to some extent to Hassan Rouhani, only something like 20 to 30 known reformist candidates uh, have actually managed to go past the vetting of the Guardian Council across the country. Right. And that's for uh, um, nearly 300 MPs. So uh, they don't have any chance of forming even a, uh, a sizable, significant minority within the new chamber. And uh, within the Tehran race, which is always the Tehran constituency, is always the most important electoral race in the country. Uh, we basically don't have any known reformists. We have a couple of maverick conservatives who are close to reformists like Ali Motahari, uh, but uh, um, there is no really no ranking veteran reformist uh, which has cleared the who has cleared the Guardian Council hurdle. So there are some fifteen thousand candidates according to the Guardian Council that have been approved. But this is very much a um, an almost uh, one-horse race within the Conservative camp. 
Yes, uh, so if there's 15,000 candidates, that's one thing, but if only about 20 of them are recognised reformists, it sounds like it's a yes. pre pretty much a, a done deal. Uh, state media and the Conservative leadership have been pushing for a big turnout in this election. Uh, what's your read of those actions? Well, uh, from the Supreme Leader Khamenei, as you said, down to state media, there has been a very consistent push to get people out to vote. Uh, however, the few opinion polls which have been conducted uh, under unclear uh, methodology, which have come out uh, from uh, state polling agencies such as the ISPA, point to a turnout which, in, in their view, will be in the range of 30 to 40 percent. So uh, uh, there isn't uh, any indicator, at least so far, that we uh, will witness a sizable uh, turnout or a turnout which is comparable to um, elections which featured more reformist candidates in the past, such as the sixth one in the year 2000 or the one of uh, eight years ago, which was held on the, uh, during the Rouhani presidency and featured a, a sizable amount of his allies uh, clearing uh, the Guardian Council's hurdles. So uh, coupled with this, there seems to be a lot of apathy within society, especially after the protests of last year. Uh, and I don't think that there has been anything in between the mass Amini protests and these elections to uh, to really um, convince those people who were out in the streets protesting or or were in some way in opposition to the system to uh, to go out and vote. Of course, the reformists have split over this. 110 of them have signed an appeal to go and vote in order to prevent further isolation and further foreign pressure against Iran. Uh, but there's also a, a sizable number of ranking reformists who have called for a boycott. And we shouldn't forget that today the Nobel Prize winner, Narges Mohammadi from Evin Prison, also put out a communique in which uh, she urged people uh, to uh, avoid voting in these elections. That's interesting. So there's a split within the reform segment, whatever size that may be, about whether to participate or not. Is it possible to estimate how big the reformist segment would be if they if they did participate in the election? I mean, this is a bit tough to say mm. because uh, we haven't had a, uh, elections in which they were actually allowed to compete uh, at maximum strength for quite a while in Iran. Um, the former president, Khatami, and other reformist strategy is that of uh, keep uh, uh, having a rather negative view about the way the elections are held. Some of them claim that they've been actually engineered, but they uh, stand back from calling for a boycott because they want to remain within the fold of the system and they want to uh, have the possibility of competing in future elections. So if they call for a boycott, that possibility basically goes out of the window. So they keep on the very fringes of the political system by by expressing their anger at the way their candidates have been excluded. But at the same time, they don't call for an outright boycott because they know that that would preclude a possibility of a repeat of, for example, uh, the process which led to Rouhani becoming president in 2013 after the Ahmadinejad years. So that's oftentimes this sort of thinking uh, that they've had in the past turned out to be wishful thinking, really, because it hasn't really resulted in a... Um, in, in um, a return of uh, electoral success uh, through uh, elections in which they were allowed to participate. But that's the view. I think the reformist uh, camp has uh, shrunk considerably in popularity over the recent years. 
Uh, up to 2009, um, there were a lot of people, of course, within Iranian society that were ready to uh, uh, to sort of uh, uh, stick to the reformist uh, agenda. Uh, that happened to some extent during the Rouhani years as well, at least at the beginning. But uh, in the latter period of Rouhani, uh, there was growing disenchantment and I think a growing departure of many within society from uh, from the reformist agenda. And that's a common threat that both the reformists and the conservatives see in that there has been a very sharp rise in their view, is, uh, if you read some of their analysis, in in the amount of people in Iran who now believe that uh, the Islamic Republic should be, uh, should be overthrown. So that's why they are coalescing also against that possibility and against the... Uh, uh, the particularly the exile groups which call for the uh, uh, end of the Islamic Republic. Yes, so it seems that the the mass sentiment that we saw after the death of Masa um, uh, Amini is not aligned then with it, even the reformist camp. Mm-hmm. But is your you said earlier that, that there was a large amount of apathy in the electorate? Is is your sense that the the willingness to take on um, the authorities that was evident uh, after the death of Masa Amini has dissipated now to a point of apathy? Well, I wouldn't say it has dissipated, but again. Uh, there was no um, sort of uh, overall political uh, leadership for the mass Amini movement, if you mm. want. There was no, uh, there was no sort of political uh, um, sort of leadership or hierarchy within the country that could uh, uh, sort of harness that anger into a uh, into a continuous political initiative. And also, of course, uh, due to that and also due to the incarceration of many of the radical reformists, such as Mostafa Tajzadeh and Narges Mohammadi herself, not a reformist, but uh, obviously is still in jail despite having won the Nobel Peace Prize. So there is a, there is a lack of, I think, uh, possibility of harnessing that sort of rage into a, uh, into a, a, a sort of political movement that could have bargained, for example, uh, a more competitive parliamentary elections, assuming that there was a will to do this within society. So um, at present, I think uh, the image that comes out of Tehran is a lot of very angry, uh, especially urban middle class people, a lot of women who very bravely still go out in the streets uh, without veiling. Um, but at the same time, uh, the way they react to such electoral uh, occasions is simply by staying at home. And uh, uh, I don't think that we shall see large-scale protests or, um, or uh, forms of uh, collective uh, uh, sort of uh, disobedience beyond, of course, this very important point of not going out to vote. Um, it, uh, so I think this is, this is pretty much what happened. Assuming that also these opinion polls, uh, which are being produced in Iran by, as I said, the state-affiliated polling agencies, turn out to be true. So all eyes will be on the on the general turnout, and the turnout, as I said, in the Tehran electoral race is particularly important as well, because that's really often seen as the barometer of political moods in the country. Dr. Sirvush Ranjbar Daimi, thank you so much for joining us on Sunday Extra. One final question: What do you think the outcome? of the election will be? The, ele- the outcome of the election will be pretty much uh, the same as, uh, as, as, as we have right now, a parliament which will be dominated by conservatives, 
We shouldn't forget that parliament really doesn't have a lot of powers in Iran. It doesn't really select the government, for example. It is used by conservative factions to embarrass each other. It can occasionally uh, summon and impeach a specific cabinet minister. So it will keep doing that. I think it will be a, continue being a rather raucous uh, location for uh, uh, loyalists of the Supreme Leader and adherents to the conservatives and a very small sprinkling of reformists or maverick conservatives uh, and, and to, to basically air their opinions and air their grievances without really affecting in a major way the way um, important decision-making on, mm. for example, relationship with the West and regional policies and more are, uh, are affected. Thank you once again for joining us on Sunday Extra. You're welcome. My pleasure. That's uh, Dr. Siavush Rajbar Daimi, who's a lecturer in history at the University of St. Andrews and has also written a history of Iran's presidency and researches the state in contemporary Iran. The elections are held on, the f- on Friday, the 1st of March. Find more great ABC RN stories that take you beyond the headlines on the ABC Listen app.